Welcome to In My Town with Emery Hayes. That's a pseudonym. You may know me as Suzanne Phillips. I write fiction, young adult, coming-of-age struggles, and have finally broken into that crystal palace, the mystery genre. My Nicole Cobain series launches August 11th. Cobain is a badass sheriff with a past to prove it because no one's perfect, and the sublime is only enjoyable when it's fleeting and juxtaposed against struggle. Behind closed doors, I write poetry. The development of image and the sparity of language is great training for any kind of writing. What will you find here? Creative ramblings, a glimpse at the place where I live, the interactions I have, and an opportunity to watch them twist and turn in the confines of my mind. Kind of like watching the dryer cycle and then tumble out on the page in the form of a free write. Some of the characters you'll meet here, some of their problems, may show up later in one of my novels. Yes, every word of this podcast is under copyright, so please, no borrowing. So really, these next few minutes are for writers, because we can never have too much encouragement, and for readers who like sitting in the passenger seat and watching the world fly by recognizing the shape of the geography, knowing you've been here before, you must have been. And for voyeurs, because we like to look through the window. We are people watchers. We look for connection. We are biologically wired for this. We look for mistakes we've already made and are relieved when we find them because we are wired to belong. And we look for mistakes we are about to make but swear we never will. We want to understand ourselves better, even if it's through osmosis that tricky process through which we absorb knowledge, like a sieve, not a sponge, because we, we retain very little of what we are exposed to. Our minds are selective, efficient, and often self-centered. We look for the high points, the mountaintop experiences. We like to celebrate the underdog, but only after he has suffered sufficiently. Because we've all been one, an underdog. And that's what I'm doing here today sharing a moment experienced in my town, and then following this writer's mind to the process of untangling the buoyant from the stagnant waters. Of course, it's all a matter of perspective. The Encounter I saw him when I was speed walking, an activity I love only once I'm out the door and doing it. Sunshine, fresh air, and a steady heartbeat. It's meditative, even if I have a playlist going or a podcast playing. I always fall into the zone, and I surface later with a more intimate knowledge of my characters or the complexities or their problems. Most times, I know what's coming next and have begun writing the scenes while in this cardio trance. It's an hour and 15 minutes, four to six times a week, and because I follow a route through the park and around several lakes that include an RV campground, day trippers, and the occasional fishing derby, it's populated with many characters and possible calamities. In reality, he's no taller than I am. He has a cigarette hanging from his mouth unlit and wears a t-shirt that proclaims he's one of the salty crew. Either it's borrowed or he's grown because there isn't enough material to cover his stomach. I pass close enough, my eyes snag on the deep depression of his navel through a fleecy covering of salt and pepper hair. I think right away of a Brillo pad, used and seeping on the edge of a sink, scratchy, uninviting, but I push past first impressions. 
I know right away he's a man who follows the rules. He cast it into the lake a good distance from the bait shop, well past the sign that forbids fishing within 25 feet of the outdoor patio and barbecue grill, past the pedal boat and kayak launch, but close to the sign that prohibits smoking anywhere in the park. It's a popular place, and the surface of the lake ripples as teams of fowl approach. We are a sanctuary of Canadian mallard and swan, egret and pelicans, and many other winged species. Last week, I walked past a string of ravens perched on a length of white fence, passed with an arm's reach of them, seven altogether, and not one squawked or flew away, startled. But they each cocked their heads and followed my progress deeper into the park. Creepy, poish, but that's for another writing session. This man wheels in, not wanting to tangle with ornery geese or lose line to a flock of ducks, and when he pulls back on the pole, his T-shirt stretches, lifts, reveals a tat. I'm not close enough to recognize the shape, but it's colorful, fanciful even, with flowing lines and a tapered center, and I think butterfly? A slim sunrise with a pallet sky? I'll never know for sure, and I don't need to. That's part of my job, to create. And that ends this brief encounter. The next day, I'm at my desk for a warm-up session, wondering who is knocking at the door to my creativity, and he saunters in. He drops his baseball cap on the table, leans his pole against the wall, and sits in my favorite chair. Yeah, he has that kind of bold. The daring cigarette, the salty declaration, the too small shirt. And at first, that's the only reason I recognize him, the boldness, because today he's a she, younger by far, Svelte, no belly. She wears a cropped t-shirt, a brilliant shade of pink I would never wear because it screams, look at me. This character does not blend in, though she's trying to, desperately. Come and watch. From my free write session. Ray wants to get married in Hawaii. Ari sits back in the padded club chair and pulls her legs into a butterfly position on the cushion, heels close to her ass and toes pointed out. He wants that island vibe. That's going to cost a lot, Marina says. I told him that, but we only do this once, right? She says. Is he going to rent out an entire hotel for your guests? Marina wants to know. That's the usual. And the cost of the food? Her breath staggers. When we were in Kona last spring, a single pizza was $62. He thinks everyone should pay their own way, Ari says. Of course he does. We're giving enough notice. It's only an afternoon, and our guests can plan a vacation around that. Not everyone wants to go to Hawaii, Ari. Who doesn't? But Marina shrugs. Well, it's a foolproof way for cutting at the, away at the guest list. We'll be there two weeks, Ari says. He wants to shoot a video. He has expensive tastes, Marina said. And Ari knows this is true. Ray drives a new Fiat, compact and earth-friendly but wears designer tags, leases a studio with a view of sailboats and windsurfers tacking across the bay, and never uses a coupon. I told him, lots of yogis film in Sedona, Ari says. It's a lot closer, Marina agrees. Around the corner. And wouldn't require her to fly over the Pacific Ocean for six hours. She would need a Xanax for that. Ray calls it her verve, but Ari knows better. If she sat for too long, the cells just beneath the surface of her skin, begin to cook. She was good at science, understood friction in the rub, and that it was the chemical reaction at work in her body. Her cells were like the revving of an engine, ready to peel out of place. You catch anything? Marina nods at the pole. 
Are there any fish in the lake? Ari wasn't looking for a meal, but for patience. Yoga wasn't enough to cultivate that gem. Of course, there was a catfish derby last week. Ari lowered her legs, crossed them, and watched her mother. She was good at staying in one place and at using up very little space. She was small, and her hands made sure about economical movements. She was prepping vegetables for stir-fry, but had invited Ari to stay for dinner. Salty crew? Her mother nodded at Ari's t-shirt. The white lettering was cursive and outlined in black. It was fancy and inviting, but Ari had purchased it for the fish flying between the words. It made her feel part of the club when she was lakeside. It's a brand. So is Trojan, her mother said. Yes, it is. Not that you've ever used any, Ari said. She had five siblings and had never had a place to call her own until she moved out for a roomy college dorm. Her mother's skin was smooth and golden, but her lips drew together, furled tighter than the petals of a rose. You're not salty, Ariana, her mother said. You're sassy and not a little bossy. Her gaze punctuated her words. Why don't you use a little of that bossy and insist on a closer venue for your wedding? I tried that, Ari admitted, but we only do this once. You already said that, and it would be nice if you could have your family and friends there to celebrate with you. I told him half my friends wouldn't be able to go, not to mention your family. You'll find a way, Ari said. That's what you and Dad do. Find a way, or make one. And her mother liked that description. Her mouth shifted into a smile that made it all the way to her eyes. Yes, we do. But this, she shook her head, one week in Hawaii is $10,000 we don't have. And that was 15 minutes of free writing with the internal editor turned off. And after the free write, I allowed myself just as long to edit. I'm aware that this piece floats, that there are tense shifts, that one of my characters morphs from friend to parent, or is one of those mothers who prefer their grown children call them by their first names. But none of that matters at this point. What I have is a flow of words, a warm engine. I have a character who teeters on the edge of interesting in a situation that could come become rife with a kind of conflict appealing to human nature. More than that, I have Ray, with his shallow ways but a weakness for a woman who is his opposite, an unpredictable guitar riff to his steady, sometimes ponderous beat. It's possible I'll come back to this piece and cull a few gems, but for right now, I'm back to the novel at hand and the deadline creeping up, and I'm ready to go. Thanks for visiting.